So good. Well, I'm excited to preach today. Um, I want to encourage you, before we get into the Word, do not be a passive listener. Do you guys realize week in, week out, you can create little uh, micro habits? And even when you come to receiving the Word of God, you can ha- have a micro habit. A uh, micro habit might be you have uh, version open up on your phone, and a text comes, and you j- dive into the text rather you know, than, than uh, turning all that notifications off and, and being fully attentive. Don't be a passive listener. Be an active listener. And an active listener, maybe, maybe hey, now's the time to start the habit of taking notes. I've told you this time and time again. Note takers will be the first one allowed to the pearly gates of heaven in Jesus' name. And so let's come with a sense of faith, saying God has something to share with me today. Amen? So turn with me to Hebrews 12, 26 to 29. Uh, We are in the series, the last uh, mention of the series, We the Church. And uh, it's been a powerful month of talking about who we are as the ecclesia and who you are. And uh, Hebrews 12, 26, 29, I believe that God has put in my heart to declare over you guys today. And it says this, but now he has promised. Everybody say promised. Once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing of of what can be shaken, that is created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, Since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. I want to talk from the title of the unshakable, unstoppable church. Lord Jesus, we thank you, Father, for everything that you're doing today. Open our hearts to be active listeners, Lord, to receive with faith so that transformation can take place by the power of your word in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said... Amen. I was thinking about the why of why we gather and why did you come today? And, you know, some of us come because we love the latest song or the worship and the music is just fantastic. Or we love to be hyped up for the week by that long-haired, Cherokee, crazy, Japanese, Jesus-looking dude on the stage that uh, loves to hype everybody up during the week or on Sundays or uh, whatever it is. But we gather to equip we gather to, to, we are on mission as a church. And let me just bring this before you. Ephesians 4, 10, 13 says this. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people, you, to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and the knowledge of God's son that we will be mature. Everybody say Mature. In the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. So that means that God desires maturity for you. He desires you to break through some of the boxes that you've placed God in, break through some of the boxes that you've put your faith in and where your belief and wants to see you break through and grow into a place of maturity, that you and I are meant to look like Jesus Christ. In every facet of our lives, we are here to surrender and submit to God. So we are, in other words, designed to gather. We're designed to come together. We're designed to hear the word of God, designed to be equipped with the word of God and partner with the Holy Spirit to see maturity come to the bride. Why? So we can unmistakably influence our world for good and for God. So that you and I can do something about what is taking place in this world. That you and I can reach the, per- the neighbor that's lost in our, in our neighborhood. That you and I can and share our testimony with our family member and see God do amazing things. And I will say this from the very get-go, and maybe you are new here with us at City Point, but as a pastor, we are here to speak uh, 
unadulterated, unfiltered truth. We are here to not hold back because we love you guys. We want to see the, the best. We want to see freedom come to your life. So we will continue to allow the Holy Spirit to move. We will continue to preach the entirety of the word of God. We will continue to bring. And it may, it may challenge you. I pray that it challenges you. The the, the word of God is offensive. It it could offend your intellect. And you have to come to the place of surrender and say, okay, Jesus, what are you trying to do inside of me so I can move forward and be a part of this unshakable, unstoppable church? Amen? Amen. You see, from the very beginning of the birth of the church, and we're not going to go through the timeline of the history of the church, it has been amazing to see the church prevail prevail and triumph through uh, trials, persecution, tribulations, war, through enslavement, through martyrdom, uh, everything that you could possibly think of the church has been through. But the church, because of what God has done in and through the church, has prevailed and triumphed. The, the church is the presence of Jesus Christ here on the earth. First John four seventeen says this, love has been perfected among us in this, that we maybe have boldness in the day of judgment because As he is, so are we in this world. He's speaking to you and I. The church is the manifest love of God. John 13, 35. By this all will know that you are my disciples if you love one another, if you love one for one another. The church is the preserving agent in this world. Matthew 5, 13 says this. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. See, the church is the example of unity. So when the world looks upon us and they see the love that we have for one another, they see the beautiful display of unity. 1 Corinthians 1.10. Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there may be no divisions among you, but that you may be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgments. Hebrews 12 gives us the declaration that you and I have received an unshakable kingdom. An unshakable kingdom. That means it's unmovable. That it cannot be altered, it cannot be overthrown. And it cannot be destroyed. That should give you life. That should give you hope. Even though your emotions, even though your flesh, even though your circumstances might say one thing. Guess what? You have the kingdom of God inside of you. And you are declared unshakable. You're declared unstoppable. That you can advance and continue to do what God has called you to do. See, the the devil wants to constantly restructure the church. Restructure ideologies. Restructure your belief system. I'll take this about this topic, but I won't take this about this topic. He wants you to restructure the, the, the very church so that you step out of alignment with the power of the unstoppable, unshakable church. Although humanity can also uh, falter uh, the church because of our imperfection, but guess what? There is a king of kings and a lord of lords that is the head of the church that has, is a perfect and faithful and good God. And he is praying and interceding on our behalf as the church to step up in this hour and become unshakable. To step up in this hour and become unstoppable. Can I get an amen? So we're declaring the church will stand forever. There is no weapon formed against his church that will prevail. You need to understand that. You need to get that in your, in your heart, in your spirit. There is nothing that can come against the kingdom of God. We live 
in a time where we have been given an unshakable kingdom. I want to ask you the question, are you a part of this remnant? Are you, do you have the unshakable kingdom within you? Because I felt the Holy Spirit say, I need to bring this to your attention, but we're about to go into another wave of shaking in this, in this nation and on this earth. It's upon us. We can't run from it. We can't dig ourselves a hole and hide. It is, it is, is the reality of what's coming at us. It's an unprecedented shaking. And the, the fact is many believers want to pray their way out of it. They want to pray their way out and just peace, God, peace, stability. Just give me, you know, just normalize everything. Let it go back to the way it used to be in the late 80s and early 90s when our kids could stay out till 10, 30, 11 at night on their bicycles and then come back in when the sun went down. Just let it be how it used to be. Can I just say, when God says, I will shake that which cannot be shaken, stop praying for peace and stability and everything else and start praying for wisdom and insight into the chaos and into what God is doing. And we as a church have have the spirit of God, the spirit of discernment, that we can see what God is doing. By the blood of Jesus, we have access to go into the throne room of heavens and actually hear what God is speaking to the church. Do you hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying to his church? You and I, stop praying for peace. Don't, don't I mean, pray for peace, but don't pray for insights. Pray for the ability to discern the hour, to say, God, you're shaking things up. What are you doing? And see, God promises that he's shaking it up. He says, but now I have promised this. So there's no escaping. I promise this. See, a promise is not a threat. A promise is a certainty that I know exactly what I am doing. And I will shake that which can be shaken. And I will allow that which cannot be shaken to remain. And that's why, that's why in our world today, you see... Uh, different anxieties towards the end times, different anxieties, what's taking politically, uh, different anxieties that's, that's happening towards the scenarios of, of, this, of this earth. And it's, it's kind of created an end time eschatological uh, schizophrenia in a sense that, you know, some, some are the end time preppers that I need to get a bunch of water and I need to get a bunch of food and I need to get all the scenarios of an apocalypse and, and I need to be ready for such a time as this. And not that you shouldn't prepare. I'm not saying that you should prepare. But what I'm saying is that we, we, can, we, can, we can move away from what God has called us to do in this hour that with an unshakable kingdom, he has called us to occupy until he comes. To occupy means to advance. To occupy means to testify. To occupy means to share the good news. To occupy means to display and exemplify Jesus in a very chaotic world. That you and I, by the power of the Spirit, it's so beautiful, it's so powerful that God will shake that which can be shaken. Why? So that the things that cannot be shaken are given the advantage in this hour. Given the advantage to prevail to, from that which was hard, that's what, that's what was, that, that which was, God, I couldn't get that breakthrough in my marriage. God, I couldn't get that, that uh, promotion at work. God, I couldn't get that university to accept me. God, I couldn't quite do the things. I couldn't uh, say enough to, to see that person come to church. Guess what? Those things are going to be shaken. Why? So that you have more advantage. You have more favor. You have the ability to advance God's purposes on this earth. And it's beautiful. You guys got to see that... Uh, God says that, I promise this, that I'm going to shake the earth and the heavens. Wow. What, is, what does that mean? What, what's going on? Let's take a, a, 
satellites or even bigger. Let's take a universal view on the context of what is, what is happening both spiritually and naturally in our world right now that, that God is calling his church to be unshakable and unstoppable. Colossians says everything that is made both visible and invisible, invisible was made by him. Thrones, visible and invisible. So you guys got to understand what is happening at Hamas, what is happening with North Korea, China, what's happening here in America. There is a spiritual uh, back. We, we understand that the war is spiritual, but this, what's happening in the spiritual realm is just manifesting in the natural realm. You see, that's why Paul told us in Ephesians chapter 6 that we do not wrestle with flesh and blood, but we wrestle with principalities and powers of spiritual wickedness in the heavenly places. So if we understand what is going on in the heavenly realms right now, that there is a there is history being played out. And the beauty of this is that we've got the word of God. So God has already written in the victory in the very end, and we are just now victors playing out his victory, participating in his victory, seeing the victory of the kingdom of God advance. So what do, what, what do I mean about God wants to shake up even the heavenlies, when he's saying, I want to shake up the earth and the heavens. So if you study the word of God, there are three heavens described in the Bible. There are three heavens. So let's talk about this. If there is an unshakable heaven, and, and it says about the apostle Paul that he was taken up to the third heaven. So he was, his natural body was on the earth, but he was taken up into the third heaven. So the third heaven, in other words, is the unshakable kingdom. So you have the sphere of the third heaven, and I wish I had a whiteboard or a, an awesome technolo- technological pen or whatever, but it had, the, it had the, the third heaven, that which cannot be shaken. So then you have the second heaven and the first heaven. So really, the second heaven is the spiritual realm. That there, that there is an angelic war. There is a demonic angelic war that is taking place in the second uh, heavenlies. And then we have the earth, which is the first heaven that the Bible describes. And so what is happening, uh, what is, happening is this. Uh, Luke 21. I was going to read from the New King James Version, but uh, I want to read from the King James Version. It says this. And there, there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations. We've, we're seeing this. With perplexity, the sea and the waves... Uh, roaring, men's hearts failing, we're seeing this, uh, failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken, and then they shall see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory, and when when these things begin to come to pass, then Jesus says this, then look up, look up, and lift up your heads, for your your redemption draweth nigh. So your, uh, the New King James is draw near, and the King James is draweth nigh. So if you understand, and if you start to look into the depths of that word, you can just say, oh yeah, well, Jesus, Jesus is just coming. Yeah, they, one day, he's just going to show up. One day, the trumpets are going to blast. It's going to be the most beautiful music you've ever heard. The, the clouds are going to rip open, and Jesus is going to come down with that massive tattoo on his thigh, and he's gonna be, it's going to be amazing. He's going he's gonna to be the most glorious Gandalf with eyes of fire, and it's just going to be incredible, right? See, Look up, for I am going to draw nigh. If you actually look at the Greek understanding of the Greek word of the word nigh, it actually means that Jesus is not just coming back, but every day he's coming closer in physical proximity. 
So every day that passes, every single day, God's ultimate plan is coming into fruition. And that Jesus is coming to a place. So what you got to understand is that, yes, God occupies the third heaven. And in the, in the second heaven, the heavenly places, this is where the principalities, this is where in the spiritual, the Hamas is being manifested. This is where North Korea is being manifested. This is the, the spiritual entities, the spiritual wickedness that is behind the natural manifestation is being shaken up in this hour. And, and Jesus said, I'm going to shake this, this heaven, to the point where Jesus is going to push Satan like an anaconda. He's going to squeeze him out of the second, out of the heavenly places and into the realm of the first heaven, which is the earth. And that is the moment where the great tribulation will take place. This is the role, this is the war of Revelations 12. Go read it for yourself. We're not put on the screen. But this is the one time in the Bible where it talks about the archangel Michael and, the, and fighting against the demonic. And the God comes in and said, it's time and pushes Satan out. And all of a sudden it ends with Satan has a short time. See, this has all been prophesied. This has all been put before us. This is a time when we got to understand we have an unshakable kingdom. And, 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 and this is why we're seeing the manifestation of all these things. And, and God's saying, not that we, we, want, we want war. We don't want war. We don't want bloodshed. We don't want innocent lives being taken. We don't want all the stuff that's the horrific things that are taking place on this earth. But because of the war in the heavenlies, they are manifesting in the natural, in the worldly thrones, in, in Hamas, and Palestine, and, and, and North Korea and China and Russia and all these places. Why? Because th th everything connected to Satan's realm is manifesting now because what God is shaking. And we've got to see it and go, God, I'm understanding. I'm getting it. I'm starting to see. Wow, if I would just be a student of your word and jump into these things and understand these things, I know that no weapon formed against me would prosper. And God, come on, I'm going to step into this place. If there's anything that needs to be shaken, please shake it off of me. Shake it off. It's not time, it's not time to, 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 to debate denominations. I'm sorry, it's not time to debate, uh, this is my theology. Uh, guys, this is not my theology. If you want to contend my theology, go to the Word of God. Not an iPad. Go to the actual physical Word of God. Go, go to the Word of God. Contend it. Sit down with me. Uh, we'll, we'll discuss it. We'll, we'll, we'll talk it through. But this is the Word of God. And God is saying it is time for that which cannot be shaken. That which can be shaken to be shaken. And that which cannot be shaken to remain. So what is remaining in our lives? And I want to talk about just four things real quick. But there are things that remain in our lives that I really believe that God wants to shake. Number one is this. You will be shaken if you, if you remain religious. You will be shaken if you remain religious. Follow along with me. I'm not talking about just the word religion. The word religion doesn't necessarily carry a negative context. Even James 127 says, a pure and undefiled religion. So it's not about a set of values or beliefs that people live by within a community. Uh, your routine, your traditions, your coming together, our commu uh, taking communion together, or the way we pray in the morning, in the, in the afternoon, or at night, or the way we read the word. It's not, it's not all about that. I'm talking about the sly, manipulative, religious spirit that wants to come in and thwart everything, come in and distort everything, come in and pull the very fire of God out of you. This, this, this religious spirit, that's a type of demonic spirit that influences people. 
groups of people to replace a genuine, genuine, thriving, loving relationship with Jesus. What? With works and traditions. With a rhythm of a religious pattern. That if I just keep doing this religious pattern, I'm going to see breakthrough. If I just keep doing this religious pattern, and all of a sudden you start to think that I've got to earn my way to Christ. It's what I do. If I'm just a good person, if I give to the homeless man at the light, if I, if I you know, give to the, the charity down the street, if I, just, if I just become a good person, I can earn my love. I can earn my way to Jesus. That is the religious spirit at work in our lives. This religious spirit is lurking around attempting to cause judgment in the house of God. He'd love you to walk away with judgment. Love you to walk away with offense. Love you to walk away. Why? Because judgment causes division. And if division is in the house of God, it, it wipes away unity and it, it wipes away the blessing and it wipes away all that God wants to do through the work of this religious spirit. The Bible says that Satan is like an angel of light, that he wants to counterfeit everything of God. So in other words, the religious spirit wants to counterfeit the work of the Holy Spirit. Do you know that I've actually seen people possessed by the Jezebel spirit, leaders, pastors in a church, possessed by a Jezebel spirit, up front worshiping, glorifying God, declaring scripture, being a part of the whole scenario, actually getting up on the stage and prophesying, but yet what is influencing them is a manipulative witchcraft spirit that is pulling and destroying and dividing and judging and conquering and stealing behind closed doors. You gotta understand the religious spirit is empty religion empty religion loves the concept of God but hates the presence of God. Empty religion loves the theory of God but hates the fact that the presence of God is the fire of God and it will touch you and change you in Jesus' name. The religious spirit misses the, the heart of God. You miss the very, the, very, the, very, the very spirit of the word. The context in which he's trying to tell you. This, it, this, this religious spirit would love nothing else but to keep you uh, void of submitting your entire life to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. He'd love you to keep coming to church, keep reading the word of God, keep doing all that you're doing, keep, you know, keep doing all that, just as long as you don't follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Just as long as you don't submit to that still small voice. That, that, the, the leadership, the ministry that he's, he's to lead you in a place to help you become more like Jesus. Do you guys realize the religious spirit killed Jesus? It wasn't the tax collector, it wasn't the gambler, it wasn't the prostitutes. They all wanted what Jesus offered. It was those that were learned. It was the learned people. That's why you guys got to understand, we got to let God shake this off. If we, don't, if, we're not, if we don't let God shake our mindsets, our religious views of, of, of the worship, our religious views of how the word should be preached, our religious views of tattoos, our religious views of, of all this ins and outs and all this religious stink that God is just saying, man, it stinks. It's, 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 it's nothing that I have created. And God is saying, I need to bring freedom to my people. Why? Because if we keep operating in this, in this traditionalism, in this hypocrisy, guess what? We're going to learn our way into the religious spirits and learn our way out of the leadership of the Holy Spirit. That's why, that's why some things you don't understand in the Word of God. That's why Jesus didn't do one miracle the same ever in the, in the New Testament, in the Gospels. Why? Because he doesn't want to bring religion. He wants to bring relationship because when there's relationship, there's breakthrough and freedom and intimacy. And all of a sudden, everything comes alive. Why do I raise my hands in worship? Not because of religion. Because of what he saved me from, his mercy and his love and his goodness and how amazing he has been in my life. I should not be here. I should not have what I have, the wife, my kids. I should not have any of it, but because of Jesus. 
It's, it's a place. Let, 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 let the Holy Spirit just shake off. Let, let, let the model of Jesus display that we are in a time where the leadership of the Holy Spirit is so needed. It is so needed in this hour that we follow what Jesus is doing. And we stop trying to, uh, when we get religious, we start making rules. We start making rules to suffice for the void of power in our lives. We start making rules to suffice for the void of, of unanswered prayers and the things that we thought God was gonna do, and we start making up rules, and well, I guess I gotta do this, and I guess I gotta do that, but God is saying, no, just surrender to me. Surrender to me. Surrender to me. See, the, the religious spirit, um, this is where masks come into play. The masks of Christianity, where we, we pamper ourselves up, we put on our best clothes for Sunday, and we look amazing on the outside, but yet, a form of godliness and a lack of power on the inside. We look amazing on the outside. And it says this, it says this, Matthew 23, 27, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. I mean, I would have just loved to just be there listening to when Jesus said these words. Just to how hypocrite comes out of your mouth. Hypocrite, hypocrite. For you are like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautifully outwardly, but inside are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. Even so, you also outwardly appear righteous to men, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Do you realize the love of Jesus wants to wash that out of you? Do you realize that the sprinkling of the word of God, the spoken word of God today wants to wash that out of you? Guess what? City Point Church will not host the religious spirits. And if you continue to say yes to coming and God's called you to this house, God's called you to submit and plant yourself here, guess what? Every time you walk through these doors, there's going to be a shaking. Every time you go to a life group, there's going to be a shaking. Every time you submit yourself to one of the foundation classes, there's going to be a shaking. Why? Because the religious spirit has not even an inch, not even in a centimeter allowed in this house. Because we want freedom. We want the real Jesus. I mean, even crazy this, Matthew 15, 12. Then his disciples came and said to him, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard them saying, this saying? But what he answered and said, every plant which my heavenly father has not planted will be uprooted. Let them alone. They are blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind leads the blind, both will fall into the ditch. That's why we can't complain about this world, guys that we can't complain about the deception. Can't complain, why would that person swallow that pill? I don't understand it, why would they do that? The blind is leading the blind. And you gotta understand what this religious spirit wants to do. We have to step into a place. God, we are a part of an unshakable, unstoppable kingdom and it's about relationship. It's about relationship. Number two is this. You will be shaken if you remain silent. Everybody say silent. Uh, an incredible man by the Eric, uh, Eric Metaxas. If you guys haven't read his book, Letters to the American Church, I uh, encourage you to read it, but he also has a movie out, and I encourage you to go see it. Uh, we're, gonna, we're looking to do something as a church to do it, but um, he's basically talking about where the church is at here in America, that we need a wake-up call, and it was incredible that Andy Andrew talked about that last week. It's time to wake up, but uh, we do, because we are living in a very dire strait, very pivotal crossroad in the church in this nation, and uh, the reality, uh, Eric talks about really Really, the church is where the church was when Nazis were killing Jews. And the, how the church is remaining silent. 
No one wants to talk up. No one wants to be vocal. No one wants to expose. Everybody just, let's walk on eggshells around everybody. And, and, and the, 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 the cultural idolatry that's, that's coming out and ideology that's around us. But um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer says this. He's a pastor. He was a pastor and martyr. He said this, and he stood against Nazism. He said, silence in the face of evil is evil itself. God will not hold us guiltless. Not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act. You see, we as a church, just like Jesus, he had, a, he had to speak up. Stephen, Stephen had to speak up. Paul had to speak up. Peter had to speak up. See, we're not the convictor of sins. That's the Holy Spirit's job. But if you and I, as the church, do not defend Christianity... If you and I as the church do not expose evil, if you and I as the church don't rebuke false teachers, if we don't confront believers, guess what? We are going to lead the multitude astray. The church needs to rise up and not remain silent. Pastor Rick uh, preached an incredible message about raise your voice. Go back on YouTube and listen to it. But God will not be walked. If you remain silent, you will start joining the party of wickedness. We have to come into this hour, and I told you I love you. I told you I love you. I, I, want, I want God's best for your life. But let me read a few of these scriptures. Ephesians 5, 11, 12. It says this, Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. So he has just given you not only permission, but a responsibility to expose. Psalm 94, 16. Who will rise up for me against the wicked? Who will take a stand for me against evildoers? John 7, 24, do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. 1 Corinthians 6, 2, do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world will be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge even the smallest of matters? That's heavy. Even the smallest of matters? There's a, there's a, a book by a Marine, by Patrick Van Horn and a couple other writers. It's called Left of Bang. Left of Bang, and it basically is talking about the combat hunter program that uh, these Marines are built up to come into a place of they're instructed and equipped to when they're deployed, they, they hunt down terrorist activity. So before enemy activity even takes place, they have studied their enemy, they know where they lurk in the shadows, they know their communications, and they go after the terrorist activities before it even begins. Doesn't that sound like Jesus? Jesus was here, he came to destroy the works of the devil. He came to bring light to the shadows, light to the darkness. You and I are empowered to be a voice in this hour. You and I, this unshakable, unstoppable church, God, we, we, guys, we got to speak truth. We got to declare truth. We got to preach truth. We got to sing praises to the one that is the way, the truth, and the life. We are mandated to be messengers, mandated to be mouthpieces, mandated to be a voice for God in this hour. 1 Timothy 3, 14, 16 says this. These things I write to you, though I hope to come to you shortly. But if I am delayed, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God. And I love this. The pillar and ground of the truth. So in other words, the world should see the line that is drawn in the sands. 
the staff that hits the ground that declares you shall not pass to the world when it comes to get away from our children. Stop putting your ideas and that transgenderism and all the stuff. No, we have drawn the line. This is what we believe on. This is what our God says. This is what our God says about abortion. Guys, in, in, a, in a few weeks' time, we've got Seth Gruber coming to speak to us. Seth Gruber is a pro-life speaker, and it's going to offend some of you. But if our heart is not shaken, and, I, and if you've given, if you've had an abortion, there's no guilt, there's no shame, there's only love and mercy and forgiveness, but we have got to stand with God, stand with what he stands for, and not to be silent about it, to allow God to shake us, because I know every single one of you want to follow Jesus. I know you want to be radical for God. I know that you want to grow and mature and be equipped and move into this place to that which cannot be shaken, only remains in this hour. Number three, if I could have the keys out. Things will be shaken if you remain ignorant. If you remain ignorant. Ignorance is the lack of knowledge or understanding. Ignorant people are either unaware or uninformed. So you have two, two sets of people. Ignorant people because, guys, I didn't know that I needed to know that which I needed to know so I could know that which I wanted to know, but I didn't know what I needed to know so I could actually stand up for that which I didn't know I needed to know. Um, or other times it's the ignorant people that say, hey, I've chosen not to learn something. And I, I don't mean to be harsh, but every time you choose not to open your Bible, you, choose, you chose not to learn what the word of God has to say. Hosea 4, 6 says this, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because you've rejected knowledge. Willfully rejecting the knowledge of God puts us in a place of sinful ignorance. Even the world, I love this. In Romans 1, 18, 23, God actually tells believers, unbelievers, every ethnicity, every people on this earth, he says this to him, Romans 1.18. But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. They know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks, and they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused, claiming to be wise. They instead became utter fools, and instead of worshiping the glorious ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people, birds, animals, and reptiles. See, one of Satan's basic tactics is to keep you and I ignorant. Keep us in a place where we just don't know or we just don't want to know. Uh, 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, the eyes of those who do not believe are made blind by Satan, who is the God of this world. He does not want the light of the good news to shine in their hearts. This good news shines in the shining greatness. So really, ignorant people are more susceptible to wicked schemes. To remain ignorant means that we don't have the truth. And if we don't have the truth, we don't, we're not set free. So we, have, we can't remain ignorant. God says that idolatry springs from sp spiritual ignorance. God is so uh, very, very clear what his word says about this. So, so think about this. Let's, let's go on a journey. Uh, I, I want to know, how do you feel when I talk about Nephilim? Aliens. 
Maybe, maybe you've never ventured down studying Nephilim or aliens. Some of you, when I say the word alien, you think of, oh, of course, E.T., how cute. E.T. is amazing. But the, the reality of Nephilim in our world, Nephilim are demigods, they're fallen angels, they're demons, they're real. The fact that the Bible talks about it and the fact that, you know, when, when the Miami shopping center thing that just took place, where it was like the speculation of what took place, what actually happened there. You know, it's like, it's like uh, think about this. There's speculation, people out there that are talking, these are Christians, they're talking about the, the hologram technology that is available to us nowadays. It's, it's, it's gone to a level where you can't even tell whether it's real or not. You actually have to touch it because it's so real. So some speculation is that they're going to start to design ET-type situations, alien invasions with hologram technology. And so... We can't be ignorant of what's happening. Artificial intelligence. How do, how do you feel when I, when I say artificial intelligence? A, a part of me, Pastor Rick and I were talking about this, so we're in our early 40s, so it's like, uh, part of me is like uh, uh, 80s and 90s when we didn't have the internet, we just want to be oblivious, we're, we're good, we don't need to know. And then there's a part of me with internet and phones and all the, the access to everything, like, yes, I want to know about what's happening uh, with artificial intelligence mid-journey. It's an app, an artificial uh, intelligence app that, that creates paintings. And the, the, this AI painting just won awards that just shook up the artist industry of painters because AI is now winning awards that humans should be winning. Uh, ChatGPT. Some pastors are actually using ChatGPT and others like it to actually uh, uh, fill out their sermon and preach it on Sunday. Um, pictures and voices. Uh, all to create an illusion. So uh, actors and actresses, dead or alive, can be recreated by artificial intelligence on the movies. Every mannerism, the way they move, the way they talk, even the the voice that they have. They're even saying there's there's political propaganda right now that needs to be watermarked because of uh, AI is showing certain political uh, uh, people uh, actually saying something that they never said. Do you see we're in a day where even the greatest chess player uh, even the greatest chess players, I think there's five of them, could not beat the artificial intelligent chess, robot chess player. We, we're in a place where there's, there's, there's very soon risks, but then there's very long-term risks of this. Long-term risks, is, what does it look like? Terminator? I, you know, like, what, what, what's going on? Even to the point of people are starting to talk this way, where there is a God-like artificial intelligence that can learn by itself. And this God-like Artificial intelligence is now forming a religion cult that these people are now worshiping artificial intelligence. This is where we stand. And this is where Daniel 12, 4 talks about the increase of knowledge. This is where we cannot be ignorant. We have to know what the word of God says. We have to understand how it can all piece together. Think about this. I mean, celebrities building bunkers for the end times. Cyber attacks that the media doesn't want to tell us about from Hawaii to pipelines to other things in the U.S. Um, the obsession with, the, with X. Have you guys heard about August 21st, 2017? Remember the solar eclipse that took place? And the solar eclipse created an X over just the nation of America. Just over this nation. And it touched uh, only cities with, with the name Salem. Only cities with the name Salem. It touched all across the U.S. Uh, and it, 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 was, it, was, it was wild. And uh, if you think about this, Jerusalem has the word Salem in it. And then if you break down Jerusalem in the middle, it has the words USA. So you keep going down the speculation rabbit hole, and then all of a sudden, fast forward, April 8th is supposed to be the next solar eclipse. April 8th. And another X is supposed to touch multiple cities with the same last name. And the time frame between 
August 21st, 2017, and April 8th, 2024, is six years, six months, six days, and, or six weeks and six days. And you know what's in the middle of that? COVID-19. See, you got to understand, there's speculation, there's stuff out there doesn't derail us from the word of God, but you got to ask the question, why does Elon Musk call it SpaceX? Why did he change Twitter into X? Why is everything turning into X? I mean, all the, uh, all the propaganda on the Super Bowl and people, all those celebrities doing X signs and all this stuff. Really, the X is a symbol for Osiris, which symbolizes a death and rebirth. And the whole thing is to bring in the death and the rebirth of our current currency. And we all know that that's in the Bible, that one day there will be a one world currency. And what I'm saying is you just got to be aware. You can't be ignorant. Don't, 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 don't uproot from the word of God, but don't be ignorant. Now, let me, let me ask this. We're in election season and some of you are starting to cringe. Don't go there, Aaron. Don't go there. Don't go there. But think about this. Statistics say that the biggest emotional reaction, two words in the U S right now is just two words. And this, this biggest emotional reaction is not found in Chile or in Paris or in Mexico. This biggest reaction of these two words causes people to faint, causes people to throw a spit, causes people to, to, to burst out an allergic reaction, causes people to just lose it all. These two words, you wanna know what these words are? Donald Trump. How did you feel when I said his name? So let me reiterate to some of you that are new here and just joining us. My brother told me two years ago, he goes, man, we're on the street, Aaron. It's about the church. He goes, the word on the street is that, you know, things are growing, things are going awesome. And he goes, but this is what everybody's calling City Point is a Holy Spirit filled Republican gun carrying church. And let me just reemphasize guys, it's not about a party. It's about Jesus. It's not, a uh, it's not about a party or a man that people deem savior. It's about Jesus. It's always and going to be about Jesus and we will fight for biblical righteousness. That's why this is not an endorsing conversation. This is not to point to a man. I don't know. I've heard that he's saved. I've heard Donald Trump is, is and has an amazing, you know, all that stuff. I don't know. I don't know him personally. I don't, you know, all the things that I read are just on articles and I haven't shook his hand and know uh, verbatim what he's actually said. But what I do know is that at one point in my life, I had to get on my knees when I heard the jo name Joe Biden because it caused cost, cost so much bitterness unforgiveness what he was doing I, I was when I when I was not ignorant about the border when I was not ignorant about sex trafficking when I was not ignorant about all the things political when I was not ignorant and I started to wake up and I started to see but I had bitterness and unforgiveness and I had to get on my knees and I had to do some work and ask for God for forgiveness because the Bible actually says to repent if you are ignorant repent so the reality is is guys 
I will not be voting for someone that stands for the, uh, abortions. I will not be voting for someone that, that puts his, his stamp on anything uh, evil and wicked. We've got to not be ignorant and we have got to move forward in truth. We've got to move forward with the, with the strength and the leadership of the Holy Spirit in this hour. And you know what? You've got to throw the fear of man out the door. And you've got to once again say, I'm going to be a man that fears God. I'm going to be a woman that fears God. I'm going to be a person that's, that shines my light in this hour. Don't hide in the bunker. Don't hide in your basement thinking that a spiritual tornado is coming your way. Guess what? You can face the tornado and you can speak to the storm and you can say, cease, be still. Why? Because we are a part of an unshakable, unstoppable church in Jesus' name. And lastly, number four is this. You'll be shaken if you remain uprooted. Psalm 92, 12 says, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. The guys, we are called to be rooted, rooted in Christ, rooted in his word, rooted in a lifestyle of prayer. That's why it's this year of Gethsemane where it's a revival in our prayer life. We're to be rooted in it. We're to run to it. We're to, to embrace it, to saturate ourselves. We're to be rooted in the house of God, rooted in serving. Like I talked about a couple of weeks ago about picking up your towel, rooted in all things. Stop being uprooted uprooted but you're swayed by the wind of life you become a gypsy christian that just finds itself being swayed by by this or that or that move of god or that move of god why don't you root yourself and start building the kingdom of god right here right now in this hour in the power of the holy spirit come on put your hands towards heaven i got a bit more but we don't have time lord jesus we thank you father for a beautiful powerful unshakable, unstoppable church. We pray, God, that as we move forward and as we advance, that you are equipping us, Lord, to be spiritually mature in this hour to face all that may come against us in 2024. Lord, that we will not remain influenced by the religious spirit. That God, as you begin to build that thriving, intimate relationship with you, Jesus, we submit to your leadership the leadership of the Spirit of God. When you speak, we say yes. When you say jump, we'll jump. Lord, we want to be submitted to you. We'll not, we'll not remain silent, God. Not remain silent. Let that shape be shaken off of our lives, that, that, that fear of man. Let it be shaken off so we can step into boldness in this hour, that you can use us. In one way, shape, or form, you can use us. We will not remain ignorant. We're not going to remain uprooted, God. But we're going to remain in this place steadfast, looking up, for the kingdom of heaven draweth nigh, draweth nigh unto us, knowing that the day is coming. But as the day comes, we will occupy, we will advance, we will move the kingdom of God forward, and we will save the lost. We will set the captives free. We will cast out demons. We will open up blind eyes, open up deaf ears. We will see, see you do the most radical thing that you've ever done in this hour. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen, amen. From the front to the back, left to the right, even in the upper room right now, I want to throw out the net and give an invitation. What does that mean? I want to ask you, have you given your life to Jesus? Do you know and have you tasted salvation? Have you tasted salvation? The Bible says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I'm telling you, he is so good. And it's not through religion. It's not through context of a book and philosophies and, and all the things that, that all that. It's talking about relationship and encounter with the one true God. And he wants to abide and live in your heart. 
And that comes from us repenting, saying, God, I'm so sorry. I don't want to live this way, but I want to open my heart to you. And I want to believe in my heart that you did all that you said you were going to do, that you died on the cross of Calvary. Three days later, you, you rose again. You defeated death. You defeated sin. You, you conquered the grave. And now you're hearing, giving me an introduction to the greatest gift of my life, the gift of salvation. If you believe in that and confess his name, that Jesus Christ is your Lord, you shall be saved. Every eye looking at me, make a bold decision. On the count of three, if that's you, yes, Pastor Aaron, please pray with me now. Just give me a wave. One, two, three. My left, your right. My right, your left. Awesome. Upper room, just let a leader know. Online, let a leader know. So good. Church, let us be unshakable. Let's be unstoppable together. Let's be unoffendable. Let's move forward in truth and in love and in power. And let's see God bring this beautiful state of Colorado to Christ. Amen. Come on, let's give God a shout of praise, Pastor Rick.